Welcome, my friends. Welcome to another edition of the Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett, podcasting to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan on this 15th day of March, 2009. I'd like to welcome all the new listeners to the Corbett Report podcast, and of course, welcome back all the old listeners, and invite everyone to check out the websites, CorbettReport.com and AlQaedaDoesn'tExist.com where you can stay up to date with the latest episodes of our podcast, as well as interviews, articles, and videos conducted and created by The Corbett Report, and, of course, information about our forthcoming and still-coming documentary, Al-Qaeda Doesn't Exist. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the listeners who continue to support the podcast, both financially and through word of mouth, And, of course, take a special moment to mention all of those listeners who have been generously donating their hard-earned dollars and investing that into the Corbett Report website through the donation button on the front page of CorbettReport.com. Thanks to the generous donations of a number of listeners, we have now been able to afford the renewal of the domain name registration and the hosting for the Corbett Report website for another year. So once again, thank you very much for your generous donations. And thank you to all those listeners who continue to generate support and interest for the Corbett Report podcast and website by telling people in your neighborhood, people that you know, strangers on the street, friends, family, etc., about the podcast and about the website. It is only because of the incredible support of the listeners of this podcast that the website continues to grow at such an astonishing rate. So once again, thank you to all of my listeners for making this podcast and this website possible. And on that note, let's get to today's real news. Today's first real news story comes from PrisonPlanet.com, March 12, 2009. Secret State Police Report. Ron Paul, Bob Barr, Chuck Baldwin, Libertarians are terrorists. Alex Jones has received a secret report distributed by the Missouri Information Analysis Center, MIAC, entitled The Modern Militia Movement and dated February 20, 2009. A footer on the document indicates it is unclassified, but law enforcement sensitive. In other words, not for public consumption. A copy of the report was sent to Jones by an anonymous Missouri police officer. The Mayak report specifically describes supporters of presidential candidates Ron Paul, Chuck Baldwin, and Bob Barr as militia-influenced terrorists and instructs the Missouri police to be on the lookout for supporters displaying bumper stickers and other paraphernalia associated with the Constitutional, Campaign for Liberty, and Libertarian parties. The Mayak report does not concentrate on Muslim terrorists, but rather on the so-called militia movement, 
and conflates it with supporters of Ron Paul, Chuck Baldwin, Bob Barr, the so-called Patriot Movement, and other political activist organizations opposed to the North American Union and the New World Order. The MIAC document is a classic guilt-by-association effort designed to demonize legitimate political activity that stands in opposition to the New World Order and its newly enshrined frontman, Barack Obama. In September of 2008, Missouri sheriffs and prosecutors organized truth squads to intimidate people opposed to Obama and threatened to arrest and prosecute anyone who ran misleading television ads. Missouri Governor Matt Blunt eventually denounced the use of police state tactics on the part of the Obama-Biden campaign. Mayak claims members of a right-wing militia movement organized in the 1990s, generally in response to the Oklahoma City bombing and the events at Waco, continuously exploit world events in order to increase participation in their movements. Due to the current economical and political situation, a lush environment for militia activity has been created, and supposedly exploited by constitutionalists and white supremacists, the latter an oft-employed canard used to demonize activists as dangerous and potentially violent lunatics. Our second real news story this week comes from Discovery.com, March 4, 2009. Worldwide she-male fish mystery widens. Around the world, increasing numbers of male fish are developing female traits, growing new sexual organs, and sometimes even producing eggs. The phenomenon has been blamed mostly on chemicals that get into the water and mimic the female hormone estrogen. But a new study puts some of the blame on an entirely different class of chemicals, ones that block the action of male hormones called androgens. It isn't the first study to suggest that anti-androgens might be contributing to the feminization of fish, but the new research found that there are far more of these chemicals in our lakes and streams than anyone realized, and anti-androgenic chemicals in the water might affect human health as well. They are going to be some potent players, said Charles Tyler, an ecotoxicologist at the University of Exeter in England. It is possible that there are going to be many more chemicals that are anti-androgenic than are estrogenic. Anti-androgenic chemicals usually come originally from pesticides or pharmaceuticals that get into wastewater. Dozens of studies have linked these chemicals with health problems in mammals, said Gerald Ankley, an ecotoxicologist with the Environmental Protection Agency in Duluth, Minnesota. But this is one of the first studies to make the link in fish. This forms the basis for more focused experimental studies, Ankley said. For example, scientists will need to figure out exactly which anti-androgenic chemicals are causing problems in fish. For his part, Tyler says he is on the verge of announcing three new anti-androgenic chemicals that will add to the list of more commonly known compounds. Researchers also want to test whether certain mixtures of hormone-disrupting compounds are more harmful than any one chemical alone, Ankley added. And the work brings up plenty of questions about what chemicals in our rivers and streams might be doing to human health. After all, people and fish have similar hormonal systems. 
At the end of the day, wildlife are fantastic sentinels for potential human impacts, Tyler said. If it happens in fish, it can happen in humans. Our final real news story this week comes from the New York Times, March 13, 2009. Value of suing over 9-11 deaths is still unsettled. After the 9-11 terror attacks, thousands of people faced a weighty and uncomfortable decision. Congress had created a special fund to compensate survivors and victims' families, but said that those who received compensation from it could not sue airlines or airport security firms, among other entities. People with claims had to decide whether to accept an early, assured payment from the fund or take their chances in the courts, possibly facing legal hardball tactics, delays, and the risk of losing. In the end, a vast majority sought compensation from the fund, which paid out more than $7 billion to survivors of 2,880 people who were killed and to thousands of others who were injured. Now, more than seven years after the attacks, a new court report suggests that the small minority who went their own way and sued made out better financially. 93 of the 96 claims have been settled for an average of $5 million, or more than twice the average payment from the special fund. But calculating cost and benefit is never easy when lives are involved. If anything, the report, released last week by United States District Judge Alvin K. Hellerstein of the Southern District of New York, who has overseen the lawsuits, refocuses attention on the variety of goals – money, answers, justice, peace of mind – that survivors and the relatives of those who died had to weigh in the wake of an overwhelming loss. Kenneth R. Feinberg, the special master who administered the government's victim compensation fund, said in an interview that comparing court settlements with the fund's quicker payouts was pointless. Those who sued, he said, ended up paying legal fees and court costs and waited for years for money they could have received earlier and invested. I'd be surprised if they netted out a better dollar award or psychological satisfaction than if they had taken the fund, he said. We encourage people to try to move on, he added. Get it behind you. Remarry. Get a new life. Don't live this for five or ten years. One widow agonized over whether applying to the fund might do a disservice to her husband and other victims' families, because suing seemed to be the only way to find out why the attacks happened, said her lawyer, Ralph F. Sprogna of Worcester, Massachusetts. He said the woman also feared that families who sued might lose and end up with nothing. She ultimately accepted a payment from the fund, he said, for the sake of her children, to get whatever she could for their education and future. Yet for some of those who decided to sue, the fear of losing in court was not a worry. It was never a risk to me because it was never about getting more money, said Julie Sweeney Roth, who sued United Airlines and other defendants over the death of her husband, Brian D. Sweeney, who was aboard United Flight 175 when it hit the South Tower of the Trade Center. I wanted to know why and how this happened in this country, Miss Roth said. If suing for money is how I have to do it, then that's what I'm going to do.
Welcome, my friends. Welcome to episode 79 of the Corbett Report, Biting into the Core. I'll come to the meaning of that esoteric title in a moment, but first I'd like to explain to those listeners who are loyal listeners to the Corbett Report, but who may not have picked up on episode 78, that yes, indeed, on Friday we released a special episode 78 of the Corbett Report, a bonus episode which is available for download from the homepage CorbettReport.com. That episode consists almost solely of the entire audio of The Obama Deception, Alex Jones's latest documentary, and I highly suggest that my listeners who have not yet seen the video at least go and listen to the audio of the video, which is now available, as I say, from CorbettReport.com under episode 78, entitled The Obama Deception Audio. I went to the extent of putting out a special Friday bonus episode of the podcast because I feel that the Obama deception is such an incredibly important, paradigm-shattering documentary that it absolutely has to be heard by as many people as possible. And I realize that not everyone has a chance or the ability to sit down in front of a computer for two hours to watch an online video, so perhaps listening to the audio on their iPod or listening device might be easier. But once again, The Obama Deception is one of those incredibly important documentaries which really does serve to shatter the paradigm of many of the people who are caught in the continuing left-right illusion which is used to keep us within the boundaries of a certain political debate without questioning the fundamental underlying assumptions of that debate. In effect, through propounding the left-right paradigm, a false paradigm, we are kept from realizing the true political struggle that is continuously happening between freedom and tyranny and taking place on a number of planes, including the financial, the political, and the societal, on a number of levels simultaneously. Of course, this plays out in numerous different ways, which are difficult to describe in a mere few sentences, but which I think the Obama deception goes a good way towards describing and getting at the core of the real corruption which is happening in our society, which is often termed the New World Order. Now, of course, when we deploy terms like New World Order, it's difficult for people who haven't heard this term before to think of it in a political or financial sense. But, indeed, it does have applications to all of those fields. And it's difficult to describe in a mere few sentences, and is often one of those terms which is used to describe people as insane conspiracy theorists, And for more on that issue, of course, I encourage listeners to check out episode 50 of this podcast. But as I say, the Obama deception is one of those videos which goes towards explaining what the New World Order really is and how it really operates. And I think it's important to take a moment to reflect on the importance that documentary films are having in the new media paradigm where the average citizen really does have as much influence and reach as even the largest media conglomerates. Documentary films like Loose Change have reached hundreds of millions of people 
And these are not mainstream Hollywood-produced major financial productions. These are small-scale independent filmmakers who have hit upon the cultural zeitgeist, which has always been and will always be the search for truth. People will always be able to connect with that and understand that on a basic level. And that's why when we're fed even the most slickly produced garbage, it always continues to roll off the collective back of the public like so much water off the back of a duck. We are used to the Wall Street Madison Avenue produced slick version of reality, which is supposedly being fed to us on TV through reality TV shows and the like, which try to propound a certain version of the truth, but which go no way towards explaining the world we live in. That's why it's incredibly important in this day and age to use the incredible opportunity at our fingertips through the incredible reach, scope, and collaborative ability of the internet to reach out to others and get them informed on the real political issues of our time. An example of that is a new documentary being screened at the South by Southwest Film Festival, which is garnering attention, called simply The New World Order. This documentary has already been garnering attention from the controlled corporate media, including a mention on the Wired blog at blog.wired.com in an article from March 14, 2009, entitled New World Order Illuminates Conspiracy Theorists. Now, of course, I encourage people to go to CorbettReport.com and look under the Documentation tab for today's episode to find the link to this article, which I think, ultimately, is a fairly positive review of the type of subject matter which is often relegated to kooks and conspiracy theorists. But at this point, at least in this article, this documentary is receiving extremely favorable reviews. So I'd like to read a part of this review to give insight into the power that a documentary can have into awakening the masses to what is really going on. This again comes from blog.wire.com, March 14, 2009, New World Order Illuminates Conspiracy Theorists. Quote, You've probably heard the conspiracy theories. The Bilderberg Group secretly runs the world. 9-11 was an inside job. A group of elites is working to establish a new world order. The documentary New World Order, which had its world premiere Friday at the South by Southwest Film Festival, offers an inside look at the people who dedicate their lives to investigating and spreading the word about such conspiracy theories. The 83-minute movie by directors Luke Meyer and Andrew Neal, who worked together on 2006 Darkon, focuses chiefly on Alex Jones, a documentary filmmaker and talk radio host with a loud voice, an urgent message, and, many times, a bullhorn in hand. Jones, whose movies include such dire polemics as Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, and Dark Secrets, Inside Bohemian Grove, certainly seems sincere enough as he tries to shine a light on the annual Bilderberg meeting, where world leaders meet in secret to talk about... something. As New World Order follows Jones and some of his fellow conspiracy mongers, it delivers a fascinating look at true believers who are desperate to expose the supposed sins of politicians and business chieftains. Without delving deeply into the conspiracy theories themselves, 
The movie introduces the real people whose lives are in some instances consumed by these exotic ideas. The grim scenarios outlined by the conspiracy theorists are familiar to anybody with the yen for exploring the information rat holes so prevalent on the internet. One of Jones's cohorts calls the web the conspiracy theorist's best friend, the cheapest and easiest way to disseminate information that's ever existed. Jones has turned his InfoWars concept into a cottage industry, but the truly telling part of New World Order is its revealing depiction of the individuals who spend their spare time establishing alternative communities or burning DVDs to hand out at the World Trade Center site. Alternately amusing and poignant, New World Order peels back a layer of mystery to show the conspiracy theorists' strange world. Mayer and Neil set out to make an even-handed documentary that lets Jones and his people speak for themselves, and they've succeeded. It's an interesting and compelling portrait of a thriving subculture. End quote. Now, of course, there are all the expected sneers and sneering comments towards the conspiracy theorists who believe in their crazy ideas. But even so, I think underneath that, the tone of that piece is generally even-handed and genuinely accepts the movie as a compelling portrait of people who desperately seek to bring exposure to at least what the article acknowledges is their supposed theories about politicians and business chieftains and their corporate sins. Now, as I say, even mainstream corporate-controlled publications can be swayed over by a compelling enough documentary, which is why it's extremely important at this moment in time to be compelling people in any way we can to watch, listen to, read, or otherwise ingest the information contained in such documentaries as Alex Jones's The Obama Deception. Of course, there are numerous other documentaries which I personally believe that every human being on Earth should be subjected to in one form or another as part of a basic education of how the world really works. And one of those documentaries, which I've recommended time and again on this podcast and will recommend once again, is The Money Masters. And of course, for listeners who may have missed it, we interviewed one of the producers of The Money Masters, Patrick Carmack, back in September of 2008, shortly after the economy started to slide into its inevitable depression-like decline. So, of course, I would suggest listeners once again check out The Money Masters at themoneymasters.com. Of course, there are numerous other examples of extremely important documentaries that really deserve to be seen by everyone, including, of course, Aaron Russo's incredibly important documentary, Freedom to Fascism. Canadian filmmaker Paul Grignon's incredibly important documentary, Money as Debt. 9-11 documentaries such as 9-11 Press for Truth and 9-11 Mysteries. And, of course, pretty much every film that Alex Jones has ever produced. But for those listeners who may not have been aware, there is a new documentary that is just about to be released called Core of Corruption which seeks to expose the entire New World Order agenda and many of the parts which explain that agenda in a five-part documentary. This documentary can be accessed at its homepage, coreofcorruption.com, 
and is forthcoming from documentary filmmaker, political activist, and webmaster Jonathan Elinoff, also well known for his work with We Are Change Colorado and TruthAlliance.net. Of course, listeners may be familiar with the fact that we have already talked to Jonathan Elinoff back in the summer of 2008 in preparation for the Democratic National Convention, which was set to take place in Denver in the summer of 2008. And we talked to Jonathan Elinoff about some of the strange military drills that were happening in Denver at that time. So once again, I would suggest that listeners go to CorbettReport.com and listen to that previous interview with Jonathan Elinoff. But earlier this week, we managed to catch up with Jonathan Elinoff to talk with him about his forthcoming documentary, Core of Corruption. So I would like to feature today an extended clip from that interview with Jonathan Elinoff, in which he describes his incredible five-part documentary and some of the information it's going to contain. I'm attempting to do a large... um uh, display of information in, a, in, a, in a, as, as short of a time period as possible. Anyone who's read any of the books out there knows um, how much information is so readily available and, again, how long it takes to get through it. So um, given the target of the uh, information that I'm trying to detail um, and the scope of the project, it's virtually impossible even in a 10-hour period, which is five films, five you know, reasonably um, timed films. Uh, so, you know, I, we just finished the first film and it was running three hours and we're trimming everything we can out of it to get it down to, you know, a watchable form. And that three hours included what we had already cut, which was another two hours. So if that tells you what we're working with. That's the first film that was running five hours, cut down to two. Now we're trimming, um, or excuse me, four hours. We cut two hours. Uh, no, five hours cut down to two hours. Uh, it's our 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 goal is two hours. It's it's not it's not being um, obtained very easily. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but um, the whole point is is that you know when I started this project years ago, I wanted to basically I wanted to get somewhere on my own and be able to digest the information and make sense of it, and then basically be able to explain it to somebody who is just learning about it. And I've noticed a lot of people, first of all, we're, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle. There's, there's a lot of naive, very cocky people out there that, do, first of all, do not want to know anything. Second of all, don't want to be told anything by anyone else. They, they have a, a sense of superiority to them. Egos get in the way. They don't want to be taught anything by, by a by their fellow whoever, even a stranger, you know, who are you? They want to be told by a credible source, by a reputable source in their minds, and what is, rep what is reputable, what is credible anymore? I can give you countless examples, which is what I'm doing in my film, where the news is reported on one thing, and 20 years ago they reported on the same thing in the opposite light. Uh, you can clearly see there was a change. Um, I, can, I can show you examples where the news has released false stories, completely made up. I mean, pure propaganda on behalf of a private interest. I can give you examples. I've privately recorded uh, news ho uh, talk show hosts, anchors, uh, admitting that, yes, editors and producers many times pull stories. A lot of stories don't make it to the air because private interests control the media. So, again, what is credible? What is, what is reputable? We, we know now that 
the internet is just as credible or reputable as um, as a as CNN or Fox or whatever you want to whatever you wherever you get your news from. The only difference is is are you going to go out and find out what you were told is true? There's fact checking. There's abilities out there. Uh, there's resources out there at your disposal at everyone's disposal um, to go and, and and verify information on their own. And that's what I started to do because I wanted to verify what I was being told both by the establishment and by the underground, by the underground media, the alternative media, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I considered all the media. <laughs> um, like I said, the internet has its pros. Its co- uh, the internet, the internet has its pros and cons. Uh, the pros are, of course, um, it's the ability to uh, disseminate large amounts of information instantaneously to the whole world. Uh, so basically, it's the last refuge for somebody who knows they have, they know something or has has information they need to get out. and need to get it out now, regardless of some screening that some editor or producer is going to do or whatever. Uh, the dark side, the con, of course, is uh, there's no regulation. There's no kind of oversight. So complete nonsense and BS can be on the Internet as well. So, again, what is the difference between the Internet and a reputable source? At that point, nothing. Uh, it still falls into the hands of the listener or the viewer or whatever to look in, to to examine the information, to look into the information, to to verify the claims, and to uh, make up their own opinions. And that's one of the things I tell people about core corruption. You know, I'm not here to dictate. I don't want you to believe anything I said. I hope you go off and do your own research. I'm not here to dictate what I know, because I don't know anything. I don't know what happened that day, and I don't attempt to theorize what did happen. That's one of the things that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't get. Um, it, or, I can't believe when it happens. It boils my blood, but... When people say things like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, I go, I've, I've never theorized a conspiracy in my life, buddy. Uh, I have no theory about what is happening. Um, I'm a journalist. I'm here to show you what I know, what I found out, what I can verify. And what I can verify is that uh, the media, yes, has at one time or another talked or reported on pretty much everything I've ever read about in the underground media. At some point in time, establishment media for a 48- to 72-hour period, reported on the Bilderbergs, the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, Skull and Bones, Bohemian Grove. Um, (laughs) I mean, bombs found on 9-11, bombs being uh, diffused on 9-11, bomb squads walking in now. Uh, Giuliani's team is clearing out because of a bomb being found. Uh, All right on the press, right out on the live feed. so this isn't a matter of me trying to dictate what I, I think happened. I'm just showing people, look, here's what I can find, and you decide what this means to you. And hopefully, and like I said, I've cut so much, I, can begin, I can't even begin to tell you um, the scope, the scale of information that is out there. Um, it is so, <laughs> it's amazing how there's a plethora of credible information to verify almost everything that the movement has ever said. And when I say the movement, I don't just mean the peace and justice movement. I mean the 9-11 truth movement. I mean the end the Fed movement. I mean the anti-New World Order movement, so on and so forth. I mean the movement that's the real movement. Anybody who knows anything about what's going on, if you've traveled the world, if you've traveled the country like I have, if you've interviewed everybody and talked to everyone of any significance on or off camera, you know that the real fight is between the globalists, and the anti-New World Order. That's, it's as simple as that. And then there's subcategories. 
and it's a matter of which compartment somebody is. You mean an activist who's, let's say, is an environmentalist. You know, they could be so compartmentalized down the scope, they could be, you know, they can they could identify themselves as, you know, let's say, a, 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 just for the sake of hypothetical, you know, reasoning here, they're on the left and they're they're a, they're a liberal, you know, um, environmentalist who believes in, you know, so on and so forth. Well, just off the bat, you know that they're, they're, they have a long way to go because, first of all, you have to get past the left-right paradigm. If you don't know about that, then um, i got a bridge I can sell you <laughs> because um, that's the oldest trick in the book. The oldest trick in the book, and they're playing it, they've been playing it for years, is to convince people that there's a left and a right and that somehow um, you know, we, they're getting away with it. But the, the reason why they're getting away with it is because Perfect example. What's the difference between a doctor and a regular person? What's the difference? The only difference is a doctor, see, went to school for a long time to get a certain certification. Says he read a lot of books. He has a lot of experience. He had another doctor certify and look at things, and he wrote he wrote papers, and you know he he achieved a certain expectation level. So we automatically throw out all of our, um, you know. Uh, suspicions or, or superstitions, and we trust, you know, blindly, whatever the doctor says. If the doctor says, you know, such and such, you're going to believe it because you trust him. He's, you know, there's a doctor. Well, I can show you doctors that are telling you things that contradict what your physician will tell you. So obviously not all doctors agree on things. I can give you countless examples. Fluoride, aspartame, uh, genetically modified foods, uh, vitamin B12, uh, we can go on and on and on. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's pathetic that there's so many credible doctors behind an alternative science, and that's what it's labeled. But these people are just, what's the difference between these people and the doctors you go to? So, again, same with 9-11. I can give you 3,500 professional architects, engineers, structural engineers um, that all have examined 9-11. They've looked at the evidence. They haven't even seen my film yet. My film documents that bombs were found on 9-11. I don't even get into the physics debate. I just, I just show you clips of when they were finding bombs. So people can choose to believe whatever they want on that day, but this is not a matter of opinion. This isn't a theory. If you don't accept it, that's your, that's your problem. I'm not here to hold your hand when you cross the street. You know, I'm not here to tell you Santa Claus is not real. That's not my job. I'm not here to break it to you. I'm here to tell you the way it is. Uh, you know, when I say break it to you, I mean, I'm not here to coach you. I'm not here to, to help you understand it and digest it. That's not my job. You have a, a wife or a girlfriend or a husband or a, a friend or whatever, go to your bars. I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever it is that people have, you have a shrink, you have a, if it's religion, you find Muhammad, you find uh, Jesus, you find Allah, whatever it is you find. People, Buddha, you know. I don't care. That's not my interest. I'm not here to guide people through this suffering or through their experience. I'm here to show you, listen, there are clips, over 60 of them, and that's cut between hundreds more, of bombs being found on 9-11 in the 12 minutes before the first tower came down. When the FBI showed up on the scene, they came up with a working theory that bombs were in the building. Why? Because the basements had blown up when they when the first plane hit, they knew that. The FBI released that information on the day of nine eleven. You haven't seen those clips before because, well, I'm gonna be surfing I'm gonna be servicing a lot of these clips for the first time since they aired. Like I said, people need to see the film. Uh it's gonna be available online on Google Video, but uh 
you know, in order for me to do this, I need as much support as I can to continue doing what I do as a journalist. So I hope people can, can support me and buy a T-shirt or at least a bumper sticker or whatever, uh, or my DVD, please. You know, we're going to be selling spindles for cheap. Um, the premiere is coming up April 5th. We'll have Richard Gage there, architect and engineer. He's a, a founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. Daniel Hopsicker, the unsung hero in this movement, who uh, is largely unknown, unfortunately, but is a genius and a, and a respected journalist, in my opinion. Uh, what he was able to find out in detail is just a a uh, there is no there are no words for it. He 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 puts together the important pieces in both the Kennedy assassination and Iran Contra. That for those who really research anything, know what his work did accomplished a large gap that we we had. It accomplished. Uh, closing that gap and making sense of it. And and one day I think he will be recognized for his work, I hope soon. Sander Hicks will be there. Uh, he's also another unsung hero. A lot of people don't know about him. Uh, but listen, he was one of the first people to interview Mike Vreeland and Randy Glass. Uh, you know, Mike Vreeland is a, is a totally weird story on 9-11 that nobody knows. And here's this, this guy arrested in Canada under Mikhail Krishnov, and he's a Russian you know, spy, they think, selling arms in the Middle East, but he's really a, a discharged Office of Naval Intelligence officer working at the Pentagon. And on the trial in Canada, he calls the Pentagon switchboard and gets his own voicemail. And the Pentagon says he never worked for him. Well, he's like an Oswald, man. He gets honorably discharged from the Navy, goes and sells Middle Eastern, he goes to the Middle East to sell arms under, under the front as a Russian spy. This is what we call a double agent. Um, and uh, the man he met throughout the whole process worked at the embassy. Uh, his name was Mark Bastian. Mark Bastian was killed six days after Mike Freeland got arrested, December 6, 2000, just before 9-11, you, you know, what, nine months before 9-11. Six days later, December 12th, his, the guy he was working with, Mark Bastian, dies of poisoning. They, they rule it a homicide. They never find the person who killed him. And then... Freeland never knows that Mark Bastion's dead, writes a letter to Bastion outlining and detailing the attacks of September 11th are coming. And the Canadian intelligence, the, S the CSIS, uh, intercept the letter. They confirm everything. This made it out. Now, everything I told you is, is fact. I have not theorized a thing to this point. Now, how people want to choose to digest this, they can choose. But if that's not prior knowledge, I don't know what is. And like I said, you know, uh, you know, the film is hard-hitting. Uh, all five films are going to be really, really powerful. We're going to be getting into a lot of information that is not talked about. Oh, and by the way, my, people ask, well, where's Mike Greenland now? I go, well, <laughs> first he tried to fake his death to get away from the, you know, the, the cover of everything. And... Uh, um, that failed miserably, and then uh, he, he's now in, in prison for uh, sex charges with uh, minor boys. Now, uh, again, some people say, oh, well, that that's doesn't, you know, well, let me tell you something. If you know anything about clandestine services at the higher levels, first of all, that's the uh, very common trait. CIA has the high, highest adultery rate and suicide rate. Uh, next to the um, post office, anyone knows that who looks at that, those are the statistics. But not only that, but um, pedophilia and homosexual pedophilia. Uh, unfortunately, it's, a, it's, a, it's just one of those truths. 
you know, I'm not here to help people understand this. I'm just here to report the facts. Look into it. Do what you want with it. I don't care. Um, a lot of people said that about David Ferry. People say that about George H.W. Bush. H.W. and Reagan and all those guys went down for it in the 80s. The whole Callboy scandal in the 80s was documented. It made it to the, it made it to the international press. CNN was reporting on it. Connie Chung had a whole report on it, and they dropped the story in the first 24 to 48 hours. Why? Because nobody, they, could, you could, they couldn't afford this information to get out that the president and the vice president and all the top people were pedophiles. The whole Franklin scandal is true. It's, look, anyone who can look into it and verify it. So again, these, these are not, I'm not theorizing about this. This is a matter of fact. But how is it that so many people don't know? Well, again, it's like that doctor scenario I put forth. We put this trust in media. We put this trust in Hollywood, like we do in a doctor. But see, the media, <laughs> the media doesn't go to like 16 years of, of schooling and certifications. They've got all kinds of people working for them that aren't even journalists. You think editors and, and, and producers went to school for journalism? <laughs> These people are, are, are they're paid. It's private interests. These people work for a living. They have to make money. And they have an establishment to keep. They can't have dissident. Uh, too much of it, at least. And it's, it's a, it's, if there's a market for it, if there's a thirst for it, they'll go for it. You know, these people are crooks. Let's stop there and take a moment out of our conversation with Jonathan Ilanoff to stop and reflect on what we've just heard and think about the importance of the Core of Corruption documentary project. Now, the importance of this documentary project is, as Jonathan Olenoff has stressed, that the project itself draws on the archives of mainstream media sources like CBS News, ABC News, the mainstream American media networks, for its material in which it seeks to expose the New World Order and its agenda. This is extremely important because just as the Obama deception plays on the popularity of Barack Obama to show the real political kingmakers and people behind the scenes who are pulling the strings of these political puppets, like the Federal Reserve and the real powers behind the banking system in the United States and indeed around the world, this documentary by Jonathan Ilanoff promises to unveil thousands of clips of mainstream news reporting on the very things that underground alternative sources of news often report on, like the Bohemian Grove, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, and many other things which are often derided as insane conspiracy theories, but which in fact have been covered in great length by many mainstream sources. Now, the first documentary in this five-documentary project, which is overall entitled Core of Corruptions, is In the Shadows, which will talk specifically about 9-11. Now, the official trailer for In the Shadows is available at coreofcorruption.com, and of course, I would suggest all of my listeners go to coreofcorruption.com, not only to watch the trailers, but hopefully to also pre-order the DVD of part one of Core of Corruption, which will be available on March 27th. But right now, I'd like to take a moment to listen to the trailer of Core of Corruption, part one, In the Shadows, which, again, I really think will be an incredibly important documentary exposing the mainstream media documentation, which shows many of the things which 9-11 Truth researchers have known for a long time, but in such a way that even the most skeptical 
will have to admit is documented truth. Right now, let's take a listen to this documentary trailer for Core of Corruption in the Shadows. Now, the audio at times might seem to cut out for a moment as there is text displayed on the screen, but overall, I think the audio translates quite well, and I think people can sit back and listen to this 10-minute trailer and digest some of the information contained in this incredible forthcoming documentary. Let's listen now to the trailer for Core of Corruption in the Shadows. According to a report by Jeremy R. Hammond of the Foreign Policy Journal, senior executives of a major U.S. corporation were warned by a former CIA operative to leave New York on September 11, 2001. The article cites that the source worked under the managing director as number two of the European branch of the media giant Warner Brothers. The source's boss was close friends with a senior executive who worked at the head office in Los Angeles and had also formerly worked for the CIA. During the memorial arrangements for a senior director from a foreign office who had died, the LA executive rejected September 11th as a date for the service because, quote, something big is happening that day. And the top executives from the New York office would all be traveling out of the city. At last, I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. And several of them that I, I talked to 10 minutes, uh, 12 minutes before they, uh, before they died, I, I was at the command post that the fire department uh, had and left them to go to the command post that we were establishing. Uh, you, did you go immediately to the Office of Emergency Management? No, I, I went down to the scene and we set up uh, headquarters at 75 Barclay Street, which was right there with the police commissioner, the fire commissioner, mm -hmm. the head of emergency management. And we were operating out of there when we were told that the World Trade Center was going to collapse. Coming over our radio, get out of the area, the second tower is coming uh, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani walked right past me here on Church Street and, and uh, Duane Street, again about four blocks from that area, moving his entourage out of that, that region, and then just moments later was when the collapse happened. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I alluded to a report that there had been a van loaded with some explosive stop near the George Washington Bridge. About uh, earlier, we had heard that an FBI spokesperson said that there was a report on the George Washington Bridge, which is another facility which you folks are responsible for policing, uh, a report that there had been a van uh, stopped there that had explosives. Two or three men arrested on the New Jersey Parkway. Deborah, can you hear me now? 
Yes, I can. Uh, that is the information that I'm getting from two sources, that there was a van either on the New Jersey Turnpike or the Garden State Parkway, and that it was near the George Washington Bridge. There were two or three men who were in the van. The van was pulled over. Uh, it is not clear why the van was pulled over, but when it was, uh, law enforcers found uh, uh, tons of explosives inside of the van. Now, WCBS-TV News in New York is reporting two people arrested by the FBI in a truck with explosives under the George Washington Bridge. The DW Bridge uh, spans the Hudson River connecting New York City uh, and New Jersey. Mayor Rudy Giuliani now speaking again. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to rescue some more people. I have no idea how many others, but at least there's some hope that we'll be able to get some people out. We have been able to, to get two people out. Do you want to know what it is? You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The CIA was actively tracking two of the suspected September 11th hijackers and even trailed those men pictured here to an Al-Qaeda summit. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. A congressional committee investigating the September the 11th hijackings met behind closed doors today to hash out what appears to be an increasingly ugly confrontation with the FBI. At issue is the testimony of an FBI informant who apparently played landlord to two of the 9-11 hijackers. Federal officials have begun a major investigation into whether someone or many people benefited financially from the evil done to the country last Tuesday. Not long before the attacks occurred, there were some financial transactions in the stock market that may indicate knowledge of the attack before it began. As Newsweek reported in its September 13th issue from 2001, top brass Pentagon officials were warned the night before the attacks not to fly the next day and canceled many meetings. How does this jibe with able danger? Because this is a whole other topic. Able danger is this military intelligence operation that almost stopped Al-Qaeda in early winter 2000. And yet they were stopped by Pentagon top brass, higher ups, 
high above supervising this military intelligence operation, Able Danger. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. In researching September 11th, it has been discovered that many individuals became fully or partially aware of the attacks before they happened. Most of these individuals did try to alert authorities, or if they were in a position to do something, did attempt to stop the attacks. Some of these people were threatened, demoted, ignored, ridiculed, or even murdered to maintain the integrity of the official declaration that the attacks were not foreseen or preventable. Some of these stories are publicly known, while others are still waiting to be heard. Now for the first time, some of these stories will be detailed. Other aspects of this grand story, as will be shown, date back to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, the Cold War clandestine operations, Watergate, Iran-Contra, and even Whitewater. This truly fascinating story behind 9-11 may sound like something out of a Hollywood movie, but as you are about to witness, something much bigger than 9-11 took place and is still taking place to this day. A syndicate of corrupt individuals who have and continue to lie to the public, manipulating the understanding of events for their personal or collective gain. Two suspects are in FBI custody after a truckload of explosives was discovered around the George Washington Bridge. That bridge uh, links uh, New York to New Jersey over the Hudson River. And now to that intriguing story surrounding a man shot and killed by Houston police, a man who claimed to work for the CIA. What I see is a, a, a continuation of uh, a small group of individuals trying to um, take the masses of the, uh, what do 5% I should say, um, uh, the 85% of the population who uh, are being um, led like sheep to their own slaughter to receive fear uh, in their minds and their hearts. Again, this sounds like an incredible documentary with some incredible, never-before-seen-on-the-internet sources of mainstream confirmation of many of the things that we often talk about on the Corbett Report podcast, and of course all over the alternative media. 
Right now, let's get back to our conversation with Jonathan Elinoff, in which he goes into more depth about some of the information contained in the Core of Corruption documentary and why this documentary is important. And so you have right now before us, uh, in this world today, they are generating a new world order. It is happening right before our eyes. Something that was called conspiracy theory forever is actually totally out in the open now. It's, it's happening right before our eyes. And I still can't believe when people are like, they come to me and they say, well, <laughs> maybe you were right about that one. <laughs> but the others, it's like, wait a second. That was the one we could never prove. <laughs> the others we had the documents on. The, the Kennedy assassination, we had the witnesses. We had Barry Seal. We had Guy Bannister. We had David Perry. We had New Orleans. That's where the real story was. With 9-11, we have Otta and Venice running heroin. You got Richard Grove, you know, all confirming that, there, that he built the software to launder the money that financed the taxes right in Wall Street. I mean, you, we have the documentation to prove the conspiracies. The New World Order one was the hardest one to prove because you couldn't find any credible sources to talk about it. And that's the one that people are buying now just because it's coming out. Why? In the establishment press. But I can show you examples of the establishment press talking about the same conspiracies that people don't believe. Except for the difference is they cut the story off in the first, you know, 72-hour period. Is that convenient? Well, that makes sense to me when people say, is there any evidence that an executive order or an executive uh, action is in place or, or some kind of a secret government, shadow government, is, is uh, exercising power to keep information from the people. Obviously, you can't control the information that comes out. You can't watch everybody. That's, that ability is slowly coming, and it's scary that it's almost here. But what you can do is you can shut somebody up once they start talking. And if they continue to talk, they kill them. I can give you examples of that, too. All of that in the mainstream press. Look at Gary Webb, Dark Alliance. Look at a uh, perfect example is um, uh, one of the things I get into is uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm drawing a blank, blank here. Um, uh, the octopus was, the, was what do you call it? Danny Castellaro. Danny Castellaro was a journalist who uh, was on the verge of breaking a huge story. Uh, that was going to prove the uh, Iran-Contra scandal included, um, uh, well, actually not necessarily the Iran-Contra scandal, but the, the, that era, that network was behind the October surprise that it actually happened. He was going to prove it. He was going to show how they did it, how they financed it, how they, how they paid Iranian officials to postpone the release of hostages um, so that Reagan could get the credit and Carter could get out of the administration. Remember, this is the same network that was going to work with Iran to sell them arms. So when people say, oh, well, maybe we sold them arms in secret while they were enemies, but we didn't pay them. To, okay, come on. Come on. Let's, let's not, you're, we're not taking a big leap here. Uh, but Danny Kassler went out of his way to um, establish the evidence. And what happens right before he releases his story and all his evidence? Well, he he commits suicide. Well, that's convenient. Jeez. Right before he's going to tell somebody, tell the world what he knows, he gets 16 slashes in his wrist and he's dead. Right in his hotel room. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe that. Really? No, sure. Even with the coroner's report. I can give you an example in Florida where a coroner three times lied about reports, was put in prison for it, and he's still a coroner down there. 
what are coroners, what are coroners reports before? What are medical examiners reports, uh, what medical examinations for? They're, they're, they're useless in today's society because we don't punish people when they lie. It's, this is the world we're living in people. I mean, corruption is, is way, way, way beyond anything you can imagine. But what is, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about pink fairies and dragons? Or are we talking about human behavior? Are we talking about plain old greed? and jealousy and envy and, and, and selfishness and carelessness. These are not things that are very far from the reach of our ability. We're not talking about crazy things here. And it's unfortunate when people throw these conspiracies, these political conspiracies, in with um, things that are very controversial and fringe. Very, very, very controversial and fringe. And I'm just, I don't want to get into the examples, but I'm sure people can use their imagination. There's a difference when somebody's talking about you know, Elvis is an alien and he's alive and well. And somebody says, hey, this, this uh, politician killed that journalist to keep a story from coming out. Well, don't you think that one is probably more likely to be possible? So this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a group of people, our public, that are extremely naive about conspiracies. They just are so confident that they're in the good in people. It's disgusting. And it's insulting to any intellectual person who knows the historical context of this planet, who knows that conspiracies, first of all, are in official history, but second of all, are documented all the time. But we, we convict people on conspiracy every day. Political conspiracy, that's what Madoff was. It was a conspiracy to defraud his, his uh, investors. Can we, that's what we convict people on in courts, business, political um, medical, there's all kinds of conspiracies. Who's to say that the conspiracies don't happen on the big scale? If they happen on the little scale and we're convicting thousands of people to rob a bank or a 7-Eleven, and we're, we're convicting people every day on conspiracies, including some of the most horrible things that people just for some reason think are, they don't, don't happen, like murder and rape, you really think that a politician being careless for his own personal interests is going to generate a crisis that that's hard to believe? I mean, come on, people. Please, spare me. Spare me the crap, the BS. And that's the problem with this culture. I, I might sound cynical here, but I, I'm, I'm going to break it to you real. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. I, I'm not going to hold back. It's unfortunate that so many people are filled with a nonsense, a, a silly, ridiculous utopian worldview they put all this trust in politicians, like they're like they're like they're what a priest? Oh, right. And, the, and what did the priests do? What did we find out about them? Right. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Thirty thousand cases in twenty years against the Catholic Church for child uh, pedophilia. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I mean, come on. So again, what we're dealing with is um, stupidity on the masses. If anything that there's uh, common throughout world history is how often the masses, the majority, have been wrong. So it, it, when you rationalize this information and you really look at, um, you know, what, what the, uh, the probability is this could be true, are we talking about Elvis being alive and, and, and he's an alien? Or are we talking about straight-up politics, buddy? We're talking about politicians that are saying, hey, they're, they're greedy, they're selfish, and they're careless. Is that really that hard to digest? So... I hope people can use their intellect, and, and when I say use your intellect, you have to be skeptical. And a true skeptic 
is not just skeptical of conspiracy theories, but is skeptical of the official story. A true skeptic doubts what he's being told. A true skeptic. So when I tell people about what I found out, and they say, well, I'm a skeptic. I say, really? You know what a skeptic is? Is somebody who questions the official story first, and then questions everything else being provided. That's what a true skeptic is. And in order to be a skeptic, you actually have to look at the information being provided before you can say that you're skeptical about it. Otherwise, it defeats the purpose of being a skeptic. Uh, if you don't look into 9-11 in detail, and you don't watch any of our DVDs, or you don't, don't follow the information, and you're not familiar with it, and you say you're skeptical of it, well, it doesn't make any sense, because you can't be skeptical about something you don't know. It's impossible. You have to first look at it to make the decision that you're skeptical about it. So people, like I said, for the, for the most part, don't understand this process. And that's the world we're in right now. And with core corruption, what separates this film from every other film? Well, nothing really. I'm not detailing necessarily anything largely new that you can't already find out somewhere on the Internet. I am detailing a lot of information that's not readily available. I'm detailing information that's not um, largely known. I'm detailing very specific information that's, that's not been put together in this fashion. And I'm showing credibility to it uh, for the first time. I mean, there's no debate. There's, I'm not showing you my opinion. I'm backing everything I, I, I say up in my, in my film with uh, reputable sources to shut people up. Once again, Jonathan Elinoff, founding member of We Are Change Colorado, TruthAlliance.net, and the filmmaker behind the forthcoming documentary, Core of Corruption. One final time, I would like to recommend that my listeners go to coreofcorruption.com to find out more information about the documentary, watch trailers and teaser trailers for the film, and find out how to pre-order the DVDs of the film. As Jonathan Olenoff goes on to make clear in our interview, which was, which was conducted earlier this week, the Core of Corruption project really does count on the support of the viewers out there. So it is extremely important that people go and actually purchase the DVD. Again, independent filmmakers do not have tons of resources or money in order to promote their works. And in order for Jonathan Elenoff to continue to produce this documentary series and to ensure that it gets seen widely and by many people, he will require funds to do it. So I really do suggest that people go out and pre-order their DVDs and try to spread the word about this incredibly exciting documentary project. Of course, there are numerous documentaries that are worth your time and attention, and I am always open to suggestions hearing more about what you think are important documentaries that need to be seen by others. So, of course, you can contact me through the Corbett Report website and the contact form, or, of course, you can always leave me a voicemail message at 512-553-0297, which is a local Austin, Texas phone number, and, of course, I'd love to hear from you about what documentary projects you think are important at this time. But no matter what documentary you think is providing the most relevant information or what angle of the New World Order and its agenda you think is most important to expose, I hope that you take it upon yourself to help the filmmakers by getting the word out about their work and spreading that word around. 
it is only through our combined effort and everybody taking it upon themselves individually to go and spread the word that we will become the force that produces the only revolution in this society that can matter, the revolution of the mind. As Alex Jones has said time and again, and as he reiterates in the audio for the o Obama deception, which was posted in episode 78 of this podcast, if you want to find the solution to today's problems, look in the mirror. You are the solution. That's all for today. I am your host, James Corbett, thanking you for joining me today on The Corbett Report, and I hope that you'll join me again next week for another edition of The Corbett Report Podcast. He used to smuggle drugs, then he got caught, and he became one of the government's most valuable informants in the war against cocaine. But last night in Louisiana, Barry Seal's enemies caught up with him and killed him. The United States government itself may have actually helped bring drugs into this country. A Watergate special prosecutor, Richard Benveniste. We all know that there was a secret weapons network in order to supply the Contras. What's new is that some of those who flew guns down to the Contras also flew drugs, they claim, back to the United States. Clay Shaw, accused by Garrison of conspiring to kill President John Kennedy. A congressional committee has concluded that President John Kennedy and civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., both of them, were probably killed as the result of conspiracies. accused high-ranking officials of the Central Intelligence Agency of lying to the people of the United States about Lee Harvey Oswald. House investigators believe this man, David Atlee Phillips, met with Oswald two months before the assassination. Phillips was the CIA's chief of Western Hemisphere operations and was in charge, among other things, of plots against Fidel Castro. Secretly delivering arms to Nicaragua's Contra rebels were also involved in smuggling drugs. But officials in the Reagan-Bush campaign made a secret deal with Iran to delay the release of American hostages until after the election. Casolero was probing a conspiracy he called the octopus. The director of the CIA, that his agency helped to introduce crack cocaine into the black community. That's not the only enemy they see. Even more suspect is a private group called the Trilateral Commission. Defense Secretary Dick Cheney has approved a revised draft of a policy document on the New World Order. 